Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Philippine X in Wellness. This evening, Philippine X in Wellness presents East Asian Medicine with Melissa Rojas and Safo Flor in honor of the Lunar New Year, Year of the Tiger. So for those of you who will be utilizing closed captions for this evening's stream, you can activate it on YouTube on the bottom right. And on Facebook, it is the three dots on the top corner and also on Kumu. Our opening track that you were just listening to is called Balance by Classy on Beat Rock Music's Dirty Cortez EP. Shout out to Grizion and Classy for granting permission to use their track. At this time, I'd like to introduce our co-host, Cheryl. Good evening, everyone. My name is Cheryl Sampson Ramirez. My chosen pronouns are she, her, Shah. I'm currently streaming from unceded Tongva Keech territory in the city of Los Angeles. I do not have any current access needs at the moment, but we will be broadening the access for our audience through closed captions on your platforms and by providing an audio recording that you can access after this evening. I'm a licensed clinical social worker working within education, a registered yoga instructor, and a Reiki II practitioner. Today's wellness check-in is, what are you bringing into the space today and how are you managing it? So for me, um, I was nervous in the beginning um, with our pilot and our of our video launch and live stream, but thanks to Ryan for grounding us, I am feeling way more relaxed and excited to do this for y'all. Um, so how am I managing it? I'm managing it with Ryan's breathing exercise. And now I would like to take the opportunity to introduce one of our co-hosts and moderators, for Philippine X and Wellness, who we will also be interviewing this evening, Safo Floor. Hi everyone, my Angabi, good evening. My name's Safo. I use they, them, shall pronouns. And I'm streaming in from Chichenio Ohlone territory, also known as Oakland, California. Um, I don't also have any current access needs right now. Um, and what I'm bringing in to the space today, I could feel my heart beating very fast. I'm not sure if that's nervousness or excitement. Um, but yeah, Ryan definitely helped with the breathing exercise and I will continue to take deep breaths and try to talk slowly. And yeah, I'm super excited to be here today. So I'd like to now introduce our co-host for tonight and moderator, Ryan Loren. All right. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon, wherever you are in this globe, in this space. My name is Ryan Loren. My chosen pronouns are he, him, his. Um, I'm currently streaming from the traditional homelands of the Council of the Three Fires, the Ottawa Ojibwe Potawatomi Nations, which is currently, which is Chicago. Uh, by trade, I am a um, registered licensed yoga professional over 10 years. Started off in the Chicago Bay Area, and now I'm currently in the Tri-State, which is New Jersey. Uh, currently, I do not have any uh, access needs, but 
just to be on top of that, just being physically, mentally, and spiritually in the space and just really to be in the present moment. Um, currently still feeling a little bit of the jitters, excited nervousness, but as with all things, um, this is the first time screen streaming live with you all. So just, you know, just really managing all the feels by just listening and maintaining my breath. So thank you. We welcome you all to our initial Philippine X and wellness segment on the SoCal Filipino StreamYard platform, East Asian Medicine with Melissa Rojas and Safo Flor in honor of the Lunar New Year, Year of the Tiger. This is our first live video and audio stream. Rianne and I initially launched on the Clubhouse platform and now we're expanding to do both video and audio sessions to create broader access for our community. Some of you have also asked for recorded sessions. So we hope to provide for you on our recorded ses sessions on both the Philippine X and Wellness and SoCal Filipinos YouTube channels and are excited to upload our audio sessions onto the Apple podcast platforms. Please stay tuned for when we make that transition happen. Philippine X and Wellness's vision is to, is to support the wellness of the Philippine X community through resource sharing, podcast streams, and partnerships with professionals and organizations in order to live healthier, happier, and more fulfilling lives. If you're not following us already, please feel free to follow us, as you can see at the bottom of the screen, at Philippine X in Wellness on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter via the handle at Philippine X, followed by the letter N, well, followed by the letters NS, which is all one word. Please also hit the subscribe button on our newly created Philippine X in Wellness YouTube channel. Unique to Philippine X in Wellness, we honor this safe space and ask everyone to comment and post questions respectfully from your heart throughout our streaming time. As mentioned, we also would like to inform you that this session is being recorded and will be available afterwards to access on our SoCal Filipinos and Philippine X and Wellness's YouTube channels. Please keep in mind that anything that is discussed today is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to be medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare practitioner for your particular condition, especially before starting any exercise or new health program. Philippine X in Wellness was formed out of a need for conversation around topics that, you know, really affect the wellness of our Philippine X community. We're here to highlight, we're also here to highlight Philippine X individuals and organizations that are actively just really doing wellness work. So if you have any questions throughout any of our, any of the time throughout our segments or comments, um, for our host or guests, just read the instructions on the screen and our lovely mod um, will help be helping us um, in with our moderation for this evening. I have the honor to present our Melissa Rojas of Little Sage Acupuncture and Herbal Medicine and our very own Suffolk Floor of Suffolk Floor Integrative Wellness. Let's start with introducing Melissa. 
Melissa Rojas is an acupuncturist, herbalist, and owner of Little Sage in Long Beach, California. She's passionate about providing natural and holistic ways of healing the mind, body, and spirit. She specializes in treating women's health and pediatrics. Safo, they, them pronouns, is a queer non-binary East Asian medicine practitioner currently living uh, on Ohlone territory, also known as the Bay Area. Uh, their, their parents might immigrated here to Turtle Island from Iloilo and Zambales, Philippines. After practicing massage and body work uh, over a decade, they have expanded their practice to helping folks with chronic pain using acupuncture, herbs, and other modalities. Their focus is to really encourage and support an individual's movement towards overall freedom and a sense of wholeness by providing a safe space to heal and grow. Savo is a part of our Philippine X and Wellness team, but we would also like to welcome to Philippine X and Wellness for the first time, Melissa Rojas. Hi, Melissa, and hi, Safo. Feel free to say hello to our viewers and our audience. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. So excited to be here with you all. Awesome. Amazing, y'all. So as we, as we begin our journey tonight, um, I'd love to ask you both for all of our audience and guests this evening, you know, just exactly what is East Asian medicine? So let's start and kick us off. Uh, we'll have you, Melissa, start off and then Safo. Well, East Asian uh, medicine, it's also called um, traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, has is a holistic approach for to promote health and healing. And the reason why there's difference in terms is to also recognize um, the various other schools of practice that have been developed in like China, Japan and Korea. And it's a complete medical system that's been around for over 2500 years. And the basic concept is that there is a vital energy, vital life force inside of all of us, um, the chi coursing throughout our body, we call it chi, and any imbalance um, in that flow of chi in the body may cause illness. And the way that we bring the body back into balance is through um, East Asian medicine. What we know here in the West, most of all, is acupuncture, but there's many other branches of uh, East Asian medicine, such as herbal medicine, food therapy, moxibustion, cupping, twina, and, um, and qigong. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure Safa will add to about what those things are or anything um, else. Yeah, um, East Asian medicine can be like, there's branches of it in different countries. So um, like Melissa said, there's Japanese medicine, Korean medicine, and most commonly known is traditional Chinese medicine here in the West. And um, yeah, it like Melissa said, there's not just acupuncture to help balance out the energy in the body when it's stuck, but there's cupping and moxibustion um, and of course herbs. So there are also various ways that people do this because um, we're all trained differently and 
uh, follow different lineages and follow different teachers. So it's a very complex system. And but basically, if you think about our bodies as nature, we like to diagnose by looking at the body um, to have different uh, elements that is in nature already, like um, fire, water, metal, earth, and wood. Um, so yeah, uh, just to keep it brief, um, we're all part of nature and that is um, how a lot of other indigenous medicines look at the body too. I actually have like a follow-up question for you all. Um, I know, M Melissa, you went into some of the uh, different modalities, including Qigong and Tui Na you were mentioning and Mok Sebastian. Do you mind explaining to our audience a little bit more about what each of those are for maybe some of us that are new to East Asian medicine? Yeah, sure. So um, acupuncture um, that most people are familiar, probably familiar with, or maybe it's the first time that you're hearing about it, is the use of like sterile, fine, thin, like hair thin um, needles to tap points into the body. And the whole idea, um, as we mentioned earlier, was to bring the body into balance. There's like different channels, we call them meridians. Uh, in the body, you can kind of think of them as highways. And um, each organ inside the body corresponds, has a different channel that runs through it. Um, and so that's what we're tapping into by using the acupuncture. And there's also herbal medicine and food therapy. So we always say that uh, food is always um, the first medicine. And a lot of the herbs that we actually use in East Asian medicine incorporate a lot of um, uh, food items. And then the actual herbal medicine is quite sophisticated, dating back thousands of years of formulas that have been um, used in uh, all kinds of for chronic pain, gynecology, pediatrics. And if you see an East Asian medicine practitioner, they put together, um, you know, a herbal formula that is customized just for you based on their diagnosis. And uh, Safo mentioned it earlier, there's many layers of diagnosis and, um, you know, with a commonality that we connect it back to nature. How can our internal organs connect and be in harmony with all the elements um, uh, outside of us in nature. Uh, moxibustion is burning um, of an herb called aye, uh, most traditionally, along the same channels or pathways. So we can use it along with acupuncture. Cupping, you might have seen it, like, you know, um, I think uh, Michael Phelps in the Olympics and more and more sports people are using it when you see marks on their back that's uh, we use glass or um, plastic cups to uh, draw out the the toxins from the body and increase the lymph uh, movement uh, twina is um is like a chinese massage a very specific uh, massage to move the channels and then qigong is a very special um, practice of cultivating your own qi um, you know you can practice it on your own and with other people so that was just like a brief uh, description of all of the different modalities or different uh, branches included in East Asian medicine. Safo, you want to add, did I forget um, something? Oh, that was great. Um, I, th I think you got most of it. I mean, there, there's just so much more though. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. 
Yeah, thank, thank you. Um, let me ask you both. Um, you know, I, you know, obviously I'm very new to acupuncture. Um, I haven't done it yet. Um, I almost got into it um, back in New York City. But my question to you both is, how would you advise someone, you know, starting to really explore into East Asian medicine? Um, I would say top of mind, specifically acupuncture, um, cupping. What would you, how would you guide um, someone new in terms of if, you know, like I'm, I'm a little frightened by needles at point at times, but how would you ease someone um, to, to give it a, give it a whirl? Do you want to take this one, Safo, or? Yeah, I, I can go first. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of folks who think about the needles to be like the needles we see in the hospital, the hypodermic needles or like the vaccine ones. Um, they're literally like what Melissa was describing is very, very feather thin. Um, and yeah, they're not gonna feel like how um, the, the needles you've already experienced like in the past in the hospitals. It's actually um, a really relaxing experience. Um, the needles help to move the energy that might be blocked in your body. So it could be in various places, um, depending on you know what your practitioner finds. And we also, um, you know, we don't just go in and needle you. We have to look at your tongue or um, check your pulses. So feeling the pulses, we can feel how your organs are. Um, looking at your tongue, we can see literally like what's going on uh, in your body, in the internal organs. So yeah, I think that um, depending on the clinic or the type of environment your practitioner is in, they really ease you in and like go through a whole consultation and talk about health history. So I think it's a really, um, might be a little nervous at first experience, but um, it's gonna be really relaxing and stress reducing. That's awesome. Melissa? Yeah, I, I to, um, for patients new to the clinic, I always give the analogy, like you can imagine like there's like a river flowing and there's like clear water, clear water, and then suddenly it starts getting slower and there's like mud and rocks stuck like in the middle. So what happens to the water? It can't flow really well. And so what we're doing with the acupuncture is that we're tapping it in so that we can either remove the blockage. Sometimes we remove one rock sometimes you remove a lot of rocks. So the, the feeling that you'll get is not pain, but it's like a heaviness or heavy distension, or maybe even a tingling depending on where it is. And it's because what we're trying to do is remove those rocks. So as you can imagine, there's gonna be like either a trickle of water coming through, or if we remove a lot of rocks, it's like, like a gush. And so the feeling of that can be different for, for everyone, but as Safo, um, uh, talked about earlier is that it what it does is that it creates more flow in your body to help relax you and from a western point of view they've done a lot of research on it that it actually in, increases the endorphins in, in the brain in other in other words it releases like happy hormones and so you you from a biological physical point of view it actually is helping relax all areas of of your body 
Oh, thanks, Melissa. As you were saying that and like talking about the rocks, I could feel the release going on in my body. Like I was just getting needled at the moment while you were speaking. Um, we'd love to learn a little bit more about both of your origin stories. So if you can maybe take the time to tell us our audience and our, you know, viewers, those that are listening to us, what um, led you onto this journey of pursuing East Asian med uh, medicine and on this path to alternative healing? And we could start with Melissa and then Safo. Yeah, I think um, I think before I even knew it, it was kind of like you know waiting for it to be um, a conscious, I guess. Um, choice on my part, because I, I think ever since I was small, I was around my grandfather, I'm grandfather, great grandfather, and then grandmother, who, um, you know, are uh, my great grandfather was um, a botanist in the Philippines, uh, who uh, wrote like a book on medicinal plants in the Philippines that I didn't even really discover until I was starting to really study East Asian medicine. Um, and, you know, I think those influences um, led me to wanting to pursue a path in healing. And of course, you know, at that time, I thought I want, it was to be a doctor, but, um, you know, uh, fast forward to um, also, I did a lot of uh, activism work and community work. And the first time that I was actually introduced to acupuncture was when I was in the Philippines, um, where it was used um, a lot in the communities there. And um, when I uh, came back to the U.S., having gone through um, a lot of physical ailments um, myself and also uh, having gone uh, being a survivor of trauma, um, it was really the healing um, uh, of acupuncture and herbal medicine that really helped me go through that time in terms of dealing with the physical and also the spiritual, the emotional toll that it took on me. Um, it wasn't until I started really practicing um, Qigong and Qi cultivation, incorporating it into my life um, and realizing the power of it. And I just wanted to, um, to study it even more and so that I can uh, help other people. I really felt passionate um, uh, about that. And um, every time, you know, I see someone the clinic and, and use this medicine, it just kind of um, brings home how much uh, it, it feels right and good in terms of like in my body and um, in terms of how how I see people benefiting, benefiting from this medicine. And so that's kind of like um, a, a brief story of how I, I, I came about um, East Asian medicine and continue to, to practice it. I would love to see that book, Melissa, that your grandfather wrote, but I'll ask you after the show. <laughs> um, yeah, I. so my origin story, every time I get into this, I always think about, I always start like in my 20s, but I really think that my origin story starts before I was born. Um, my Lola, my Lola Gabina, my dad's mom, um, she also practiced a lot of herbalism in the Philippines in Iloilo. And um, I only hear stories from my dad just the past couple years, like when I was starting to study acupuncture and massage. Like that's the only time that I heard about her 
working with herbs and like uh, if someone got sick, like really far in the village, she would go in the rain just to like bring some herbs that she find just around her. Like my dad was like, I'd watch her like just grab all this like different things from different plants and then go off in the rain to bring it to your your cousins or something. And um, yeah, I, I really think that she's she's definitely been guiding me. Um, so, and also when I was younger, um, I am an only child, so I didn't really have many people to play with. Um, and I'd just be outside and my dad is a, has a green thumb, so he'd uh, plant malangai and bitter melon, there's bayabas and um, guava, uh, and then a lot of citrus trees, calamansi, tangerine. So all these trees were like my friends when I was little, and I didn't know it then, but like I was communicating with them. They were like my friends, you know? Um, so I really think that that was definitely a foundation of how I see plants and, um, you know, plant energy, plant spirits, and how I utilize it in my practice. Um, and then my career path, um, just to keep it brief, my, of course, being Filipinx, my family convinced me to become a nurse. So I did a uh, licensed vocational nursing for about a couple months. And I was like, this isn't aligned with my heart. Like it was just really hard to do. Um, so I, uh, studied massage. And then when I moved to the Bay from Tongvaland from Los Angeles, um, I got a job doing massage at an acupuncture clinic. And then I saw the Chinese herbs on the wall for the first time. And I'm like, I need to know what this is. <laughs> um, and then and then slowly my dad started telling me all these stories about my, my Lola. Um, so it's just interesting how like, you know, time is nonlinear and like my path is not linear. And I'm just really grateful to have found it in this life. Wow, those are just um, touching accounts and of hearing you both about how you got started into East Asian medicine. And I think it's also very honorable that you both um, followed a familial tradition in both of your families. It, it almost seems like you both are destined to do this path of healing. And it's just, I'm just wowed at um, how you're able to carry on these tra traditions, being descendants of healers within your families. And Melissa, I, I'm also curious, do you um, have the name and the title of that book that you're... Um... I, I do. I have it in my um, library. Um, and what's interesting is actually I knew he was a botanist and I knew he studied medicinal herbs in the Philippines, but I didn't know, you know, until I was studying it. And um, one of my cousins says, oh, do you have this book? And so um, it's like, a, uh, do you guys want to see it? Yeah. So it's um, <laughs> the Medicinal Plants of the Philippines, and the author is um, Eduardo Kisimbing. And so um, very honored to actually, and once I knew that, it was almost like, like what Safo was saying. It's almost like it was leading you up to that moment where you accepted that this was, you know, because... Um, things and ingrained in society, you know, like doctor, nurse, you know, these path, um, paths that you're on, but in your heart, you know, that you're being led a different 
path into back into this healing medicine, the medicine of plants, the power of plants. Melissa, one more time, if you can um, state, show us the title and author of that book for our viewers oh, yes. audience. So it's, um, I think it's still in print, but it's Medicinal Plants of the Philippines by Dr. Eduardo Kisumbing. And it really is um, what I found, like it's this thick book. So it actually really is um, has all of this great information about all of the different, um, he compiled it from the different, um, places in the Philippines and just a brief story was that it was actually destroyed the manuscript during the um, war and then his son had um, salvaged it and so and then they had reprinted the um, the book. Wow okay and also maybe for those of um, our audience that are listening in do you mind spelling the last name for us? Sure. Yeah, it's a Q U I S U M B I N G. And um, for those of our audience that might be interested in purchasing the book, uh, any leads on that? That's the difficult part. So I think I'm not sure if it's available here, you know, but I think, um, and even the Philippines, when I tried to have, um, I think it's available in the big bookstore, national bookstore. I'm not sure. But it's, um, you know, I hope it's still in print. Yeah. That's awesome. We'll definitely be on the lookout for that, for sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is this is all really just juicy juju and goodness that I'm, I'm definitely feeling it right now, right? Um, so yeah, let me just take this, you know, just a quick moment. Um, again, like I said, this is really amazing stuff. I love the dialogue, the conversations that we're having. Um, I just want to take this moment again to just thank, um, all of you, uh, for joining us along with our audience and our guests. Um, again, joining us this evening with Philippine X and Wellness. Again, we're, we're talking with our very own Safu Floor and Melissa Rojas of Little Sage about East Asian medicine. Again, all in honor of the Lunar New Year, Year of the Tiger. So don't go away. We are actually gonna take a quick break. So feel free to take a quick stretch, have some tea, and uh, we'll definitely be right back after this break. And I know there was a comment earlier. Um, we can possibly do some um, some meditation or something a little bit later on. So again, take this break and we'll be right back, y'all.
Welcome back to Philippine X in Wellness. You were listening to Freddie Joachim's track, Head Scratchers, on the Voices in My Head EP album. We're, ta- we're talking with our own Safo Floor of Safo Integrative Wellness and Melissa Rojas of Little Sage Acupuncture and Herbal Medicine about East Asian medicine in honor of the Lunar New Year, Year of the Tiger. We'd like to take a pause here and see if we have any questions or comments in the queue that Jason, our very own SoCal Filipinos moderator, would like to mention at this time. Jason, were there any special comments or questions from our viewers in the chat? And if you do have them now, feel free to put them in the chat. Actually, um, I did find one um, that was messaged to me. Um, so in, in, in terms of of listening to your stories, both Melissa and Safa, when you um, first started noticing the intuition, the the calling, the signs, right, um, into kind of like your professional your professional lives now, what would what's kind of like your pro tip for somebody, you know, who's kind of like on the edge of like maybe you know a career change or maybe a career start? Um, what somebody? What someone? What's what advice would you give to someone that's kind of like, I want to try something different. I want to try something new and explore. Like what would, what would you say is a good way to like pivot or transition? Yeah, I actually um, have like a few people or like a couple people have asked me now this question. Um, They're just kind of like, uh, really into healing in their own healing path, but they want to learn more. Um, but I, I would usually just say to experience the medicine or experience different parts of East Asian medicine or even like other other um, healing paths because it, it can, depending on the timing in their lives, like everything's different. You can't just you know, do something and expect it to work. But um, I, I would say just every moment, listen to your heart and whatever you experience as far as any healing modality. And I think that will actually just lead people to um, what they need to do as far as changing a career path. I, I think that like when I was doing nursing, and it just didn't feel good in my body. Like it literally, like I, I respect all the nurses out there. I'm so grateful. Um, it's just not for me. Like I couldn't do it in, like I wasn't able to sleep well. I, I literally like my physical body wasn't functioning well. So I think that in anything that anyone chooses to do or explore, like really listen to your body and it'll tell you. Yeah, I agree so much with um, Safo because, you know, even in the Filipino community, right, because of our history of like colonization and patriarchy, a lot of that healing, a lot of our inner, our connection into nature and into that ancestral tradition has been cut off. And so, you know, the beginning of uh, attuning yourself to 
what feels good in your body is to to like Safo said is to to tap into those energies um, by trying different healing modalities and even I think nature is very healing whether it's in in your garden um, or out in the beach or um, even simply walking down the street and noticing the flowers and the trees um, makes you more in tune to like um, what your heart is saying. And uh, in theme with the Lunar New Year, and it's a year of the tiger, the predictions actually are out there that this is the, the year that if you're going to change um, careers, it's a good year to do it. Because after two years of hibernating, year of the ox, um, and then year of the rat, finally you have like the tiger, the pounce, you know, the energy of the tiger. And if you want to set goals, um, this is a good year to, to do it and to try new things and to go for it. That's interesting that you mentioned that as a lot of people seem to be shifting careers and job roles during the pandemic. And now it's even more reassuring that it's the year of the tiger and the time to do that. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that prediction for the year of the tiger. Um, yeah, so Giuseppe cares is saying in the comments, change careers, hmm, thinking about it. And we also have a question from John Eric Pabalan. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, Pabalan. So John Eric says, thank you for this panel. Out of curiosity, when you get sick with a mild fever, do you practice Eastern or Western medicine or both? And maybe we could start this time with Safo and follow up with Melissa. Yeah, um, for me, I, well, I guess um, what's good to know is that Eastern East Asian medicine is used a lot for preventative medicine. So um, it, it's definitely helpful when you already have a condition to help manage it. Um, but, you know, primarily it's been used to be preventative care. Um, so for me, um, yeah, I definitely turn to herbal formulas first if I start to feel any kind of symptom. And again, if you're getting acupuncture pretty frequently, you'll feel more in tune with your body and you'll know when like you're starting to feel sick or if you stayed out too long in the cold and the wind like I did today. Um, and you know, you don't have like a covering on your head and your and your neck. Um, there, there are a lot of ways to, to prevent um, that from getting worse. So yeah, I, I go to Eastern medicine first. And then if I'm in like really acute pain, like a really bad headache, I, I turn to Western medicine, like both are really great and um it's just a matter of where you're at in your body um, but i would use eastern medicine to prevent things first for me um i do use east use east asian medicine um, for myself and my family i have two little ones and um, I find it really effective, especially um, for me and, and my family and, and the kids to, to take something right away. And um, uh, when I do that, when I start them on an herbal uh, formula right away, their fever only lasts like a day and uh, or a cough doesn't linger for two or three weeks. It, it usually resolves pretty fast. And, and for myself, like um, 
like Safa was mentioning, if I feel even a little bit like achy or my, my neck or, um, you know, during this pandemic time, for example, even when I go out in a crowded area, like say I have to go grocery shopping, I actually already drink my my herbs. Um, so, you know, to, to prevent um, sickness from coming or if I do, you know, like actually a fever is just a sign. It's not really like um, necessarily bad to have a fever unless, of course, it gets higher or if it's prolonged. But it's just a sign, a signal that your body's trying to fight off something. So going with the principles of Chinese medicine, what it's doing is supporting your body so that you can um, get over the, the cold faster. It doesn't mean that you won't get a cold or you won't get a, you know, a sniffle or fever. It just means that it's kind of uh, um, building up your body so that you're able to, to fight it um, you know, more effectively and you won't have as prolonged of a sickness. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, I just want to take it again, just brief moment. Thank you to our viewers for obviously sharing your, sharing your comments, your questions. Um, let's circle back um, to Melissa and Safa with our next question. So are there any, you know, I would say specific acupunctural points, areas of drainage, or maybe even some breathing techniques that you would like to demonstrate for our viewers. Um, you know, obviously top of mind, as we all have gone through this within the past, obviously two years now, you know, for someone that may um, either have symptoms of, you know, what we now are aware, you know, obviously COVID is around us still, right? Um, any things that you could recommend for somebody that may have the symptoms, maybe they're COVID positive, or maybe just even, you know, the, the simple cold or, or maybe um, the common flu that we tend to see year over year. Do you have any tips, pro tips, techniques that you'd like to share? Safo, Melissa. Yeah, um, so I I would highly recommend folks if they want to um, or if they get sick or sick with COVID, um, to definitely uh, seek an acupuncturist or um, yeah a, a practitioner. I think um, it's kind of hard to say uh, specific formulas. Like I don't want to yeah give them out um, over the internet. <laughs> um, but I, I would I would highly recommend getting acupuncture, um, making an appointment to see an herbalist if um, you get sick with COVID. There are a lot of formulas out there, not a lot. Um, there are specific formulas for COVID and also um, to modify it for Omicron. But you would definitely have to, yeah, uh, see an, see an herbalist um, or practitioner. Yeah. And then, you know, um, I think also in the Filipino community, even when uh, or traditionally, if you get sick, you know, something will I think we'll get into it a little bit later in terms of specific like home or food remedies. Um, but in terms of uh, how to address that is I always tell people that in terms of like the actual um, pandemic and COVID, like um, East Asian medicine is really good in the like the beginning stages, you know, in helping support you. We can't say that it will cure it, but to support your body in terms of getting over um, the virus. 
Um, but once you have any like trouble uh, breathing or anything like that, then it's really critical that you see your um, primary care and always be in touch with them. And then our role here at, as East Asian medicine practitioner is to support you the best we can in terms of like giving you herbs that will help your immunity. And as we'll learn a little bit later, um, helping the lungs, because the lungs are very important um, in terms of like the first uh, organ in Chinese medicine that gets attacked um, is the lung system uh, in East Asian medicine. And so protecting that uh, is, is really crucial. So a lot of our uh, formulas, a lot of them uh, there's a formula called jade windscreen that has traditionally been used over 3,000 years. to, And it, it means exactly like that, if you can imagine it. It's like a screen that you can, um, you know, screen away from the wind. Uh, the wind is a, a very um, uh, important, um, you know, factor in Chinese medicine that once it lodges inside, and you want to prevent that wind from coming inside of your body. So a lot of the concepts in East Asian medicine is to help protect against that wind you know, to help protect the, the body um, against those those pathogens. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I, I do have um, a Qigong exercise to share right now, um, which is for the lungs. Um, let me just make sure it can be seen. So like Melissa was saying, the lungs um, are the first to get attacked by cold or wind. So it's important to um, to build that lung chi. We call it Wei Chi, W-E-I. It's um, protective chi. So this exercise um, is to help uh, cultivate that lung chi. Um, make sure you can see. Okay, and if any of these movements feel unnatural or, um, you know, not useful, um, please don't do it. <laughs> Take care of yourself. And you can actually do it in your mind, like just follow along and visualize it. It still works. Qigong is amazing like that. Um, so we can start by raising your arms in front of you with your palms facing down. And um, it should be at the level of your chest, but if that doesn't feel good for your shoulders, you can lower it down. Um, so we can start by inhaling slowly, open your arms to your sides. And then when you get to the sides, open, um, face your palms upwards and then uh, touch your thumbs and index fingers together. So when you close your arms, your pinkies will start to touch. So let's try that one more time. Inhale and start imagining this big white light in front of you. White is a color of metal, which is the element of the lungs. And then open your palms upwards, touch your fingers together, and then bring it back in. Let's do it one more time. So imagine big white light in front of you Touch your fingers together and then bring that white light to fill your lungs and to help strengthen it and strengthen your immunity. And um, this exercise will also help decre uh, decrease stress to help relax you if you do it slowly and breathe with it. Um, I would do it up to like one or two minutes. You can do it 
like a few times a week or, you know, do it in your mind. It's just to help uh, build that protective lung chi and stimulate your immune system. That's so awesome, Safo. I'm definitely going to add that on to my to my daily rituals. So great. Yeah, and I think we also have a photo that Safo shared with us of the lung meridian. We can yes. So um, if you can see that the lung channel and meridian, it ends at your thumb, and then its paired organ, which is the large intestine, ends at the index finger. So it kind of looks like that mudra, but um, it's actually connecting those two metal um, organs. And is it only on the left side, Safo, um, of the body? It's on both sides. Okay. Yeah, both arms. It was just a picture. <laughs> so these points that we're looking at, if we can kind of um, dig a bit deeper, are these acupuncture or acupressure points? And maybe if you can tell us a little bit more, either Safo and or Melissa, too, to chime in about what we're looking at here. Yeah, um, so these are acupuncture points. They can also be um, used for acupressure, like maybe not all of them, but I think the one that I use a lot is the one on um, in front of your shoulder. It's lung one and lung two, um, up by your clavicle, the um, chest area. So yeah, you can probably feel there. It could be, usually it's really tender. Um, but you could think of the, these points when you do that that exercise because you're moving the energy in your arms in the lung meridian. Yeah, and adding to what Safo said, it's really great. You know, if you see this picture, you can actually acupressure is very doable, like on yourself. You know, if you just press press the points to stimulate the. Um, lung meridian and with a lot of the the qigong that was great Safo by the way um, I really felt the, the energy and uh, practicing things like qigong can um, we often focus on certain organs to move the qi through them and someone in our um, audience also mentioned that they felt their back uh, crack in a good way so thank you for that Safo you know, you had mentioned something that I'd like to follow up on and maybe look into, lean into deeper. I noticed in, as you were doing the Qigong practice that the index finger to the thumb is similar to what Ryan and I know in the yoga community as mudras. And you had mentioned that correlation. And also um, I'm wondering if there's a connection between that and when you were talking about the meridians, I'm also wondering if there is a correlation between meridians and chi points. Maybe if either of you want to tackle that. Was it meridians and the chi points? Yes, and chi I mean, sorry, meridians, chi points, and um, sorry, chakras. As well. Yeah, yeah. So then a lot of like talking about the mudras, a lot of the energy um, of the, the, the organs and the meridians are concentrated a lot in the hands and the feet. So if you've been to a, an acupuncturist, um, 
the hands and the feet are, are very um, powerful um, centers of energy. And so when you do the mudras, um, it's tapping into each of the, the, the organs and the meridians of the body. And so it resonates um, very much with that. And even with the different chakra points, yeah, definitely corresponds to some um, points. I think the two most ancient uh, traditional medicines that we do have come from uh, China and from India in that tradition. And a lot of the um, energy systems and the pathways are, are very similar, right? Like the chakra here that corresponds to the Yintang point, the heart area, Ren 17, and even in the lower um, abdomen, uh, that's a very special point where we hope, where we say that the Dantian, or the seat of um, very, of, of your energy resides, is in that lower abdomen. So, so which corresponds um, exactly to the different chakras in um, Ayurvedic uh, medicine. I didn't know if Safo you wanted to add. Yeah, uh, definitely all of the chakras that I notice um, have acupuncture points and they're all really powerful. I, I think I need almost of them for every patient actually, especially in Tong, the third eye. Yeah, helping with stress because we all have that. <laughs> and then also um, I wanted to ask you both since we're talking about, I guess, correlations and connections between yoga and acupuncture and East Asian medicine and Ayurveda, are there also correlations between Hilot? You know, my dad also said that my Lola did Hilot, and I didn't find this out till like way after. I don't know why he doesn't tell me these things, but um, uh, I don't, I've honestly been doing more research, like, as of last year, and finding different books, but I can't find a direct correlation. I don't know if you have um, found any, Melissa, but I know that when I, I'm, I used to do massage more, um, and I do find that my, uh, I don't know if it's Hila, but I honestly, I feel like it's different from what I've learned in, in massage school, like my style just like kind of turned into something that I'm, it's just coming from somewhere. But um, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're correlated. I just don't know exactly like historically. Yeah. I could probably only uh, speak from like just my little bit of time that I did spend with like in the community with some pilot and they would um, focus on energy centers that are similar to what we would in Chinese medicine and also the chakra system. Um, but yeah, it's, it has its own special um, tradition. But I um, just looking back at that time, um, intuitively, they would know the, 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 the same points that were like the most important points in the body. And I think the, that tradition of focusing especially on um, the energy of the lower abdomen or that abdomen and heart area is really important. Um, just from what I've seen, not that I'm an expert in, in Hilo or anything, but just my humble like observations of the, um, the community um, Hilo and the, the healers in, in those community I visited. That's awesome. Thank you. 
Um, I, I do have I, I do have one one question, right? So, you know, obviously we're we're in the we're in the field, the industry of just overall health and wellness, right? Um, you know, we're we're talking about East Asian medicine. Um, now, if you can dive deeper in terms of like when we're starting to couple things, right? Um, what would be some, you know, in terms of the physicality? Right, so a lot of this is done in-house in in clinics. Um, what are, I, I guess, if I can frame this way, um, what types of physical activities outside of East Asian medicine would you kind of like guide your clients um, to take on, try, or what have you? I know for myself, I'm I'm a yogi by trade, right, and so typically. East Asian medicine, herbs is something that I, I would typically go to. What would you kind of like remedy up for somebody, um, somebody new, somebody advanced um, in terms of like overall physical practice? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, um, I mean, my go-to obviously is like Qigong or Tai Chi. Um, but actually yoga and I've been a yoga practitioner too for a long time. Like they, yeah, they all like are very similar. I also like uh, find that, um, you know, certain patients have different hobbies that they love to do um, that activates that part of their bodies in, in a very similar way. And as, as long as your heart is aligned with your physical practices and it connects you with your spirit um, and to nature, especially like, yeah, I, I'm all for any kind of physical exercise. Yeah, and I um, I love to just uh, tell um, uh, patients that even if they can take like a, a walk, like a very slow, like walk down the street, just observing it does, um, you know, it can do a lot in terms of like um, mindfulness. So even something simple as like walking and also even if you're like busy in front of a computer or sitting in front of a computer all day, even like the act of like uh, taking a pause and doing three deep breaths can align you with um, that spirit can help you feel calmer. Um, I think those simple practices, um, you know, is 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 really important. And like Safo said, uh, finding something that that you like, because the most important thing is that you're interested in doing it and um, to be able to do it consistently and to be inspired to do it. You have to really love what what, what you're doing. And so, um, you know, you can try different um, things like Qigong, Tai Chi, yoga is really great. And I know there's other um, other things. Also, some people love dancing you know, because that takes them closer to the spirit. And so all of those physical activities um, are really great. You just have to find one that that resonates with you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So let's hone in now more on the Filipino or Philippinex community. Given the common health conditions that our community faces, such as high blood pressure, diabetes, hypertension, cholesterol, high cholesterol. How do you both think East Asian medicine can help with these conditions? Um, do you know of any East Asian herbs or native Philippine X herbs or vegetables that would be beneficial for our community in combating 
some of our most common ailments that you can share with us? I think um, uh, one thing that is really like a common kitchen um, staple that I think even in uh, Filipino uh, houses is ginger, right? I think throughout the different cultures, that's definitely a go-to food thing. And they've done research actually in, in ginger that it does have antiviral, antimicrobial um, properties. So that's um, a really uh, great one to, to have. And um, it can it help anything from like a typical, like cough, cold, to helping with like digestive problems. And um, I know there's probably like a wide variety, you know, I think um, talking about such, um, you know, many things like uh, heart disease, diabetes um, is such a wide range. And in East Asian medicine, um, that's the great thing about it is that what we do is when we see someone um, in person, we individualize that diagnosis. So for example, like um, five people can come in with diabetes, but they would each have a very unique, um, you know, East Asian medicine diagnosis based on the tongue, the pulse that Safo mentioned earlier. And of course, like um, our discussion with them about um, what makes it better or worse. And then once we figure out the, the diagnosis, we would be able to pinpoint a more, um, you know, um, I think that's the beauty of East Asian medicine is making it really um, uh, cater to to that individual person. But I think there's many things too that you can find that are great in, in the garden. You know, um, a Filipino tradition, right? Like ampalaya is really um, good for like diabetes, lowering um, blood sugar. I don't know, Safo, if you wanna um, uh, chime in too about um, other like malungai things that uh, you know our our parents or grandparents or, or ourselves might grow also in the backyard that we can um, uh, take advantage of. Yeah, those are my favorite. I like use ginger in everything pretty much. <laughs> but if you have ginger and malungai and some chicken, then you make uh, chicken canola, right? So it's like that dish that we already have. Um, that we make all the time, especially when getting sick, or um, bitter melon and mango in mango. So like mung bean is in the Chinese pharmacopoeia. Um, yeah, uh, and I think that's all I could think. Of. That's the ones that I use mostly. Oh, garlic, of course. Oh yeah, Everything. garlic. Yes. And I almost forgot my, my favorite one, which is like bulalo, which is like really bone broth. Like, you know, bulalo is like so yummy and so good for you. Um, and it helps, you know, the stomach and uh, line the, the bones and the tendons. It's, it's a really good um, one to, to have. Um, and chicken soup, as you mentioned, Safo is like a, a classic uh, cold cure or a cure for, for everything. I know, Melissa, that you also have a herbal soup kit that you create uh, at your clinic. Maybe a, a bit of dialogue around that and what we're seeing on the screen. Oh, yes, yes. So then um, there's different, uh, this is like a photo um, from one of the soup kits that we have here at Little Sage. And it has um, really great herbs, like uh, most herbs like uh, that we talked about um, that help support the lungs are really important for helping support your immunity. So that white one on, um, on the left 
is called wang qi or astragalus root. Some of you might be familiar with it. And in Chinese medicine, it enters the lung and the spleen, and it helps like the protective wei qi that Safo was um, talking about earlier. It uh, um, helps with um, things with helping support your immunity. And they even did studies with it that actually is shown to promote white blood cell count. And so um, it's good, especially for people that get colds often. Uh, the one on the right is um, reishi mushroom, which is um, a favorite of mine. Uh, and uh, the reishi mushroom is um, really special because it also has like a calming effect um, on the body. We call it anytime in East Asian medicine, you hear of an herb calming the shen. It means that it helps with like the, the emotions and it helps support the immune system, helps fight stress and restores uh, and optimizes the adrenal function. So these are what you call like adaptogens. When, when you hear that, when, when herbs are adaptogens, they help your body adapt better to stress, to fatigue, and then the, the red colored uh, herbs on the bottom um, are also used a lot in, in food. You might be familiar with the, the brighter red one on the lower right, which is uh, goji berries. And um, in East Asian medicine, it's really good for um, vision and eye health. Um, and it, uh, since ancient times, has been used to help support uh, vitality and beauty. Dot um, it's cut up here, but usually um, this is good also right now for the Lunar New Year. You often see it in tables. It's like around dot um, red Chinese dates. Um, and any time uh, a, a color of the herb is, is red, it helps support the blood. So both for the goji berries and, and the dot there. And um, it's actually the only one of, the, uh, of these herbs that don't enter the lung area, but it's, it helps support the, the stomach. And, um, you know, anytime we help support the stomach, we help support the other organs in the body. And, and that particular um, herb is used a lot to harmonize different formulas and support um, digestion, much like ginger, too. Ginger is really beloved in East Asian medicine as well, and as well as in our communities because of its uh, that, that special um, ability to be able to, to nourish um, and protect the stomach. And so um, this is a favorite of mine mix, uh, mix. I thought of doing this mix because I do it so often at the house with like a really good bone broth. And I just uh, throw those herbs in there. It gives, um, you know, especially during the, the winter cold flu season, uh, this is a, a common soup that I make at home. And then we're seeing um, ginger here where everyone can get at any local market. And then we also have a visual of Malungai. And I'm curious to know, since we're all in different areas, Ryan, feel free to chime in in the Midwest and New York. And then also, Melissa, since you're in Long Beach and uh, Safo was in the Bay Area, for our audience that may need to find Malungai, since it's not always readily found in markets. Do you have any suggestions on where they can purchase some malungai if they're not growing it in their gardens or their family gardens? You know, um, I tried to look for a malungai at the uh, grocery store, Filipino store. Sometimes I did, but sometimes um, I didn't. But what they, what I was surprised to find that at, I think it was at um, seafood market that they actually had a small tree 
like a small thing that you can that you can plant for malungai. And if you do find someone that has it, um, you can it it freezes well because that's my what my father-in-law does. Sometimes he freezes his uh, his malungai in a bag, and we can have it in the freezer for a couple of weeks, and then use it in soups. And then Ryan or uh, Safa, where can folks find it in the Midwest, the East Coast, or the Bay Area, if you have any suggestions? I would say, um, I would say here in Chicago, um, definitely on Argyle. Um, there, there's a lot of um, herbal shops. There's, uh, there's a few um, Asian groceries um, that do carry. Um, I'm still venturing in the, on the Jersey and New York City side, but I'm, I'm pretty sure um, something like um, something close to a seafood city equivalent might might have them on the Jersey or New York City side. Yeah, uh, I always go to Nine Nine Ranch, and they always have it there. Um, at least in the Bay Area, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of Nine Nine Ranch down south, but I don't know if there are in the East Coast or Midwest, Ryan. Yeah, that's 99 Ranch. That's new. That's something new for, for me in the Midwest and East Coast. But I, I would even take a stab at looking at maybe um, like an H Mart. I know they're they're big out there. Um, Seafood City is, is something still fairly new in the Chicago market. So for sure, um, Argyle um, in the uptown neighborhood of Chicago. But yeah, this is definitely, I'm, I'm going to start looking and I'll let you all know what I find on the Jersey and New York City side. Awesome. All right. So let me just take this moment um, and take a look at our chat or um, if there's any comments or any questions. Awesome, Bernie. Yes, SoCal Filipinos. Um, frozen one. It looks like it looks like some can be readily bought frozen. Um, Happy Night Project. Awesome. Thanks for joining us on from Clubhouse. Um, I think that's really all we have so far. Anything else? on the back end. All right. Well, if that's any last minutes, I guess we are all good for this evening. So, all right, let's just, I want to say again, awesome, awesome, Safo, awesome, Melissa. Um, I just want to say thank you to our amazing community. Philippine X in wellness. Um, so if any comments, any feedback, any questions that you may have, definitely send us a note. Um, now, as we begin to close our, our segment tonight on East Asian medicine, um, I'd love to ask you both, Melissa Safo, how can our audience, our viewers globally, regionally, locally, how can they find you both? If they're interested in any of your services, modalities, how can they get in contact with y'all? Um, so I 
Um, I currently work at two clinics, but they're at capacity right now. So um, I've been doing home visits in the East Bay, uh, in the Oakland area. Um, and yeah, I my website should be on the Philippinex uh, and Wellness website or Instagram. And if you subscribe to this YouTube channel and also keep um, posted on the Philippinex and Wellness platform, I will be here as a co-host. So you can check me out here. <laughs> so we're looking at Safo's homepage. Um, Safo, this is um, your homepage, correct? And um, your URL is softfloor.com. Okay. And, and then we'll go a few slides back and Melissa can maybe talk about her homepage as well and what we're looking at. Yeah, thank you again for having me. It was really great to be in your presence. And thank you, Safo, as well for um, talking about East Asian medicine with me. And this is my, my website, littlesage.com. Um, and how you can get in touch with me is, um, that's my Facebook handle and that's the website um, where you can find my contact information um, here, info at Little Sage and our phone number. Um, I'm here in Long Beach, California. So any of you that are local. And I wanna also make a special announcement, which is I'm about to open up. Um, it's been a couple months, so I'm gonna open up enrollment again for my um, Nourished Little Sage program, which I'm so excited about bringing again. The first round that we had a um, group of women was really a wonderful experience. And I wanna um, open it up again soon um, for all of you. So if you're interested at all, I'm gonna have a series of free masterclasses that I'm gonna offer. And then I'm going to open up enrollment for um, for the course. So I think it's on the, the next slide, maybe how people can um, tune in. And there's a, a website um, on the bottom, uh, courses.littlesage.com. Um, yeah. And there's a sign up uh, there to join the, the list uh, to find out when my um, master classes and when I'm going to be opening up enrollment. So that's coming soon. And don't worry if you didn't catch it or if the visuals are going too fast. We'll also have this information available on our Instagram stories for you all to access. All right. Well, Awesome. Thank you to both our guest speaker and team member, Melissa Rojas of Little Sage Acupuncture and Herbal Medicine and Safo Floor of Safo Floor Integrative Wellness. Our host, SoCal Filipinos, our Philippine Exxon Wellness team, including my special co-host for the evening, Ryan Loren, who did awesome, our designer, Richie Ramirez, our advisors, Allison De La Cruz and Rian De Los Reyes, Grazian, Classy, and Freddie Joachim for consent to use your tracks. Our community partners is Filipino American Life and Trek Table, and really all of our community members for your shares and contributions this evening. As always, we'll share more about our guest speakers services on our Instagram stories and highlights 
for permanent access with our upcoming events. Be sure to follow us at Philippine with a P, X in the middle, in wellness on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and on Twitter at Philippine X, the letter N, well, followed by the letters N and S, which are all one word that you can refer to on the bottom of our screen. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on our newly created Philippine in X in wellness YouTube channel. Once again, tonight's session will be available for you on both the SoCal Filipinos and Philippine Ex and Wellness YouTube channels. And we will provide you all this audio version on Apple Podcasts after this evening's recording. Awesome. So yeah, I, I want to take this awesome moment to look out y'all for our next session that will take place on Wednesday, February 16th, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, um, we will be featuring um, Sunshine Zerda. So she is a Lululemon ambassador for Australia and New Zealand. She is also an ambassador for the Yoga Impact Charity for um, Impact Charity. She's also a wellness consultant, a, a retreat organizer, as well as DJ. So come join us that evening as we talk about one of my favorite passions, yoga, and overall fitness and wellness. So maraming salamat, y'all. Have an amazing, great evening, good night, morning, afternoon, wherever you are in this world. Continue to take care of yourselves and most importantly, each other. Thank you. Salamat good. Daghang salamat. Thank you all. Trying to do good with these demons inside I wanna find my way, but some days I barely survive Burn sage, fuck stress, yes, I know that I am blessed But the belly of the beast appears every time I rest On the foot pursuit, trying to chase this ring But the universe of Carter said his dream is chasing me And I know that I've been gone for a minute If I made a stardust, then skies ain't the limit, yeah uh, And I've been gone for a minute If a motherfucker doubting me, I'm going out to get it from the cradle to the tomb I'ma nurture my ambition like it Came from my womb and I'ma show you why they name it Storms after women They're afraid of thundering I stay winning The same competition but they still fear me Four foot eleven and I'm filled with fury Strong Filipina put my hood on the map But fuck a gentrifier we need Echo Park back Come on and I know it's been a minute, I do it off of my seat It's what I breathe and I bleed, they've been waiting on me Back for good and you'll see how this mighty little woman got her flow so nasty uh. These rappers don't cut it, every bar I spit another one of y'all plummets uh. A 16 don't cut it, I know it's been a minute, I'ma be the one to run it yeah. A 16 don't cut it, 16, 16, it just don't cut it, nah yeah. A 16 don't cut it 16, 16, it just don't cut it Tryna find a balance Tryna find a balance Reaching for my equilibrium Tryna find a balance
Find a balance, reaching for my equilibrium.